Welcome to Perspectives. I'm your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining today's podcast. My desire, as always, is that each episode speaks to your heart while answering each and every one of your prayers in the most remarkable way. For as long as I can remember, I have loved playing the game of football. So much so, in fact, I can recall my brother and I playing in slow motion in our living room. We would say he's at the 50 to 30 to 10 touchdown or tackling each other just short of a fictitious goal line as we mimicked our favorite teams and players. Mom, I know you're listening and I can assure you that I don't believe that we broke anything, at least not in those instances anyway. Growing up just outside of Fort Worth, Texas at a place called Carswell Air Force Base, and no, I'm not a Cowboys fan. At the age of seven or eight, we'd play football in a vacant lot just across the street every weekend. I ran and I ran until I was exhausted and breathless to escape being caught. Yes, I was Mercury Morris fast, but still not as fast as my sister as she would proclaim. All the kids were often older than I, typically my brother's age, and they never threw me the ball. I would cry and my brother would comfort me. However, on two or three occasions, they did throw me the ball that year. One or two things transpired. Either I dropped the ball or mystifyingly ran the wrong direction or out of bounds as a means of escape. Yes, I was quick, lightning fast, zoom, zoom, all over the place. But at that time, kind of like us biblically, I lacked the skills to fully understand the intricate nature of the game. I would object and pout after each game, declaring, saying to myself and openly, that's not fair. Today's podcast is titled, that's not fair. If we turn to the book of James chapter 1 and verse 12, it reads as such. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Each of us have faced situations in life that we consider to be unfair ever so often, no matter how distant in the past, we are reminded, reminiscent of the suffering, the sorrow, the hurt, the anguish, the hardship that we've had to endure. A scholarship opportunity, an unjust accusation, a lost job opportunity, an accidental wound, failing health, shattered relationships, hurtful words, or the ill-timed loss of a loved one. No, none of that is fair. As we look about, we compare circumstances. We give great consideration to the scales of fairness, considering those in life to be unbalanced, as we commonly see those that are full of ill will and deceitfulness, reaping every bit of the earthly benefits of success, leaving us to wonder, pause and grumble within ourselves, saying, that's not fair. We fight to find parity or any semblance of evenness. Nonetheless, it is in vain and at best misplaced. 
and doing so by forcing what was not intended to happen by our own hand according to our own will, we often find ourselves out of alignment and out of favor where God has purposely and intently placed us. If we turn to the book of Psalm chapter 37 and verses 1 through 40, it tells us of David, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will act. What is this nature of ours that's within us? That we are so seldom satisfied, always yearning, constantly desiring more. I ask you the question today. What is beyond the horizon that we seek? finding ourselves discontented with our very present moment. Yes, he has a plan for our future, but we cannot get there unless we live through and endure the lessons of today. Finding contentment without complaint in the abundance of God's grace and favor towards us this very day. How can we justly determine what is or is not fair? If God commanded the lilies to grow, the winds to blow upon the bellying seas, if he watered each blade of grass and caused the streams and the rivers to flow from the mountaintops, if he caused the animals of the desert to satisfy their thirst, if he numbered the hairs upon our heads and ordered every breath, it is considerable for us to believe that he alone all by himself is in complete and utter control. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 reads as such, Rather as it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. The wrongdoing of others does not escape God's view. However, whether we want or not, whether or not we comprehend the fullness thereof, his grace and mercy flows to the just and the unjust. Have you ever contemplated, if only for a moment, that the more that he blesses us materially increases the likelihood of him losing us permanently? That is the nature of our humanity. The moment of fairness does not occur along our timeline or as we expect, because his work in us is incomplete. Profound patience is sometimes necessary in preparing for something far greater. There is an enduring hope in waiting for. This life is not to be comprehended or compared to that which is to come. We can never force God's hand. In fact, we find ourselves moving too far ahead, taking matters into our own hand. We must address the ruin we have caused and are likely to return once again 
to the exact, the very same place in which we left the Savior's side. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9 reads as such. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. In cross-examining fairness, it is reasonable that the Savior of the world was denied access and born in Bethlehem, laid in a manger. Is it fair that his parents, Mary and Joseph, fled to Egypt because the male children of his age were ordered to death? Is it fair that considering who he was, that most followed because of selfish gain, giving little consideration to repentance and salvation and the true purpose of his prophetic presence? Is it fair that he was betrayed by a kiss and led before magistrates and judges? Is it fair that the same people that a week earlier shouted Hosanna in the streets would turn and shout unjustly, crucify him? Is it fair that in our place he suffered the greatest indignity and shame, beaten and bloodied and bruised, disrespectfully stripped of his garments, spat upon, mocked, and forced to carry a cross that was not his to bear to a hill called Golgotha? Is it fair that the Roman centurion laughed as they mercilessly hammered nine-inch nails into the palms of his hands, affixing him to the cross? Is it fair that the inscription above his head was not a sign of reverence, but a form of ridicule towards God and his people? Is it fair that in agony he cried aloud, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he was forced to bear the weight of the entirety of the world's sins, as God was forced to look away. And lastly, is it fair that having committed no sin, he without a fight willfully laid down his life for you and I? And yet still today we find ourselves consumed with matters that of judgment and fairness have very little relevance. How so, you ask? Well, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, it tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. There is no wrong or right response. But suppose the Lord did not tarry and today was it. All that is left for you and I. What at that moment becomes our chief complaint or concern? Will our priorities suddenly change? At that moment, what does our definition of fair look like? What does our definition of just look like? Will we plead for more time? Will we ask that he consider another's life? Will we proclaim that we have unfinished business to do because of the abundance of our substance? We place a priority on it, our jobs, our house, our car, our family, and so on. We will certainly in due season discover the consequence of the unwarranted weight we place on those things that constantly retain so much of our attention rather than give priority of our hope 
our faith, our love, and confidence entirely to God. Humanity demonstrates over and over again that life is not fair, but God is always just in dealing with us. He is saying here, I am, but we constantly want to fight and compete using self-defense as a pretext. He says, hear me, but in our deafness, we choose to do it our way. He says, follow me. That is not good enough because it does not produce the results we desire. He says, trust me, but we seek vengeance and return by our own hand. He says, be still, and yet we run ahead, far from his presence, shaping our own destiny, desiring to become somebody or something that he never intended, while altogether forsaking Christ at the same time. In closing, I would only say, regardless of how things appear, do not fret as a word of encouragement. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And with the greatest assurance, God will take care of you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans of welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Thank you so much for listening and sharing each episode. As Perspectives pursues its outreach to those in need, I humbly ask for your continued prayers. If you enjoyed what you have heard, please subscribe by using the Anchor or the Spotify platforms. If you are listening to me via Anchor, Leave a voice response by clicking on the message button. Start recording and when the button turns red and follow the corresponding instructions. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. You can also send an email to me directly at howarddc42 at yahoo.com or text to the phone number from which you received today's episode. May God bless each and every one of you and may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again.